The man we all know as Kylian Mbappe is tearing up France League One. As of September 22nd, seven goals, seven matches. 47% of his shots are on target. And when you're surrounded by the likes of Neymar and Messi, greatness isn't an expectation. It's more like a standard. Mbappe left Monaco and flew north to Paris Saint-Germain in 2018, a year after signing with them on a loan from Monaco, two years after leading Monaco to their first French League championship since the 99-2000 season when Kylian was merely a couple years old. The run-up the year Monaco won during that 2016-2017 campaign was Paris Saint-Germain. The run-up the previous time Monaco won was also Paris Saint-Germain. Now, since becoming the second teenage player to score in a World Cup final in 2018 after a man we all know as Pelé, Mbappe has scored 113 goals in 109 club appearances for Paris Saint-Germain, sporting three League One crowns in three out of the last four years. His ascent to championship pedestal has been super fast, and that's evident by the fact that for the fifth straight year, he's been accredited with being the fastest player in the FIFA game. Now, since September the 22nd, he scored 10 goals in 10 matches, including five goals in seven matches in League One and five goals in the four matches that he's played in the World Cup since. So my two minutes, more like a minute and a half or so, are going to be dedicated to Kylian Mbappe and the French national team who will be the 2022 World Cup champion and only the second team to win the World Cup back-to-back. Allez Blue! Somebody had to do it, had to show them the proof Way more to dealing than just selling dope Way more to hustling than just selling I did almost everything when I had nothing to lose And I do almost anything and I get back in them shoes And they don't ever call me for me Before we hang up, I'ma know what they need Welcome back to the All Things Sports Podcast I'm your host, June I'm here with Small Town EP always joining me I'm here with Big Kev and What up? I'm just excited. It's it's a it's it's a great week because things are going as they should be. I feel um, the Christmas spirit is rich within all of us. It feels, and um, we're, we're, the boys are back in town for lack of better terms. Right? We got we got EP, we got Kev, we got myself, and um, it's it's been a while uh, since we all you know was able to link up together on uh, on an episode. We aren't in person in the physical right now. Soon come, soon come. But uh, it's always great when we all get to grace the mics and 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 share our thoughts and shit. And I mean, to to top it off, we got a this Baker Mayfield performance, right? Like it was just it was bad up until the fourth quarter with um, five minutes left. It Baker was Mayfield bad until it was good, it was, and that's uh, if, as long as it gets good, it gets greater later, as they say, right? So. Uh, this Rams win was a big win for for them, just for their you know confidence for a team like them with the stars they have signing Bobby Wagner, having an Aaron Donald and a Jalen Ramsey, uh, signing Baker Mayfield two days ago off waivers, just getting this win, you know, brings that juice back. Like McVay was probably halfway out the door already after this season with this, but uh, I think this gave him you know a hopes a hope and a glimmer. For, for what could be next year when they get Stafford back. But um, I, I kind of want to just backtrack a little bit. Like I said, this is the first time us three link in a little bit. Um, 
how you guys doing, bro? I'll start off with E. How's it, how's it going, fam? We appreciate that uh, that Mbappe, by the way. We, that was some good stuff right there. Hey, man. It's it's been a it's been a great week. It's been a great World Cup. I'm fresh off the uh, the Panthers winning five to one against Detroit at the crib. That was a great little get back spot for them. Um, I took the over six and a half, unfortunately, and I got caught by the hook. But great game, great vibes. You know what I mean? Can't complain. We got caught by the hook. Kev, what about you? <laughs> uh, so I don't bet on hockey. Uh, been good, man. You know, just uh, out here working, doing my thing. So good to be back here with uh, with you two and ready to talk some some sports. Yeah, we got some shit, man. I mean, obviously nobody asked, but I'm excited because. Uh, I got a couple things going on, like one, starting with the fact that we get to record it. It's always good. And um, I booked a flight to Fort Lauderdale, so I'll be, <laughs> I get to say this, listen to this, guys. I'll be home for the holiday. <laughs> nah, so, but, but I will say, with the grace of Kevin E., you know, much appreciation towards you guys um, for helping making this possible. We're going to be able to record some episodes in the flesh, get back to that, and um we also scheduled the DJ Reese interview that I've been super excited to get. So, you know, if you don't know DJ Reese, I don't know how you don't. You must not live in South Florida. But if you do live in South Florida and you don't know DJ Reese, you need to check him out. He's at Ghost Bar every Friday. He's at Camp uh, Camp South. He's at uh, he goes to uh, Club Vault for the GVO and the Vivid Brunches. Like, go check him out and, and see what he got going on because I'm talking about since 2010, he's been holding it down for South Florida as far as, uh, you know, putting people on new music and, and, and getting the party started and keeping it going. So shout out to DJ Reese for finally, um, you know, we, we get that booked and, and we're going to be in his crib. He's inviting us to the crib uh for this interview so it's 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 a blessing that you know we're going to be able to to set this up so along those lines of interviews i i got something else in the work so i don't want to you know go too far but i'm going to work with what's on my plate right now and um and i'm just super excited as as you can hear but week 14 of the nfl season is here week 13 is gone with the wind the college football playoff is set Deion sanders is left mississippi the NBA is getting hot, right? It's a lot going on right now. And MLB free agency has had some some <laughs> some wowzers and some what the fucks, if you will, right? So a lot to get into in this show today. Stay tuned throughout the whole thing because we're gonna touch on all bases. But I think it's uh I think it's best we start in the NBA. Let's do this. So right now I, I want to point out the fact that. The Pelicans coming into today, Thursday, December 8th, are sitting at first place, 16 and 8 in the West. And in the East, which the team to beat this year, it looks like, is the Celtics, uh, until, you know, until crunch time. Um, 21 and 5, like that's just domination. I thought that we'd see, I mean, Milwaukee's not too far off at 18 and 6, but I thought that Milwaukee would have the run that they're on right now. They started the season on a tear and it kind of, you know, they, 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 I mean, goddamn, they lost six games. Like, well, <laughs> it's not a lot, but, um, you know, the, the way that Boston has just been consistently outplaying teams on a nightly basis and Jason Tatum playing legit MVP level ball, which if the season ended today, I mean, there's a big argument that you can say it's his, right? 
Um, so I, I just I don't have any specific any specific NBA topics I want to talk about. You know, there, there's a bunch of teams that are surprising us. There's a bunch of players that are uh, in new places that are that are really coming into their own. Um, I just want to hear, you know, your guys thoughts on what you've seen throughout the first uh, two months or so within this NBA season and what you guys are excited to see uh, going forward. I know the Miami Heat situation is is pretty tough me and kev you know we talk about that and shout out to martin martin uh, his birthday was actually yesterday so this is a martin dunn dedicated podcast i'm dedicating this episode to martin dunn shout out to martin dunn he's a great friend of mine you know i met him uh, a bit over two years ago and ever since we've we've been friends you know he's been a real stand-up guy and he's on his grind like he has his music he works on he has his podcast longer than a decade podcast so go check out his podcast on all streaming platforms longer than a decade podcast and go listen to his music man he puts his heart and soul in his music and um you know he deserves to be appreciated so you could you could find him on soundcloud on on spotify apple music whatever you listen to uh Martin Dunn. That's the name. So I won't say too much more. I want to give you guys a floor starting with Kev. Kev, what do you got during this NBA season? What's excited you? What have you noticed? What do you want to talk about? Well, if we're dedicating the episode to Martin, then we probably shouldn't talk too much heat because that's fair be depressing. Um, now, but Brandon Ingram is shooting uh, 47% from three. That's... <laughs> Yeah, that's crazy. Um, I mean, and then you bring Zion into the picture this year, obviously, and he's shooting about 60% from the field. So, I mean, when that's your one-two punch and then you got CJ McCollum also, I mean, you know, that's a pretty good team that they got over there in uh, New Orleans. But, um, yeah, we do have to talk a little bit about the Heat because I I, I think they need to make a move. Um somehow some way i don't even know what the move will be or what move is out there for them to improve the roster um but i mean running it back never has worked for the heat and uh facts they've basically done that this year and uh it hasn't worked without pj tucker Without right, and I mean, you can argue that Caleb Martin's giving you basically what PJ Tucker gave you, and Haywood Highsmith, to an extent, has given you somewhat of what PJ Tucker gave you last year, also. But um, especially when you look at what PJ's doing in Philly this year, it, it, yes, I and I know you were going to bring that up. If I could cut you off real quick, it's like I I think that the effect that the Miami Heat have on players, we know, you know, we can people can say we exaggerate, but we know what it does, and PJ Tucker's impact last year is similar to what Caleb Martin's doing. Like I respect that. And, and Hayward Highsmith's given us really good minutes here and there, but PJ Tucker's energy level and, and the, the, I guess, confidence we instilled in him. I, I don't want to say like he didn't have it or anything, but it's just like we play a different brand of basketball. And I think a, a player like PJ Tucker in our system just did something else. So him going to Philly and putting up the numbers he's putting up this year is, is, you know, inexcusable. However, I think it's a system-based thing and we get the most out of what we have. So we ran it back. What I was trying to say is we ran it back, but we lost, you know, one of our key players who last year was one of our best defenders. And frankly, he's just not 
there anymore. And we had to fill him in with somebody that doesn't have the experience that PJ has and frankly shouldn't be our starter in our playoff lineup. I'll let you continue. <laughs> um, well, I, I would agree with you if uh, PJ wasn't productive elsewhere in his career. He's always been a productive, um, a productive type of player. So I think it's just, you know, he's getting older. Um, maybe, maybe the team that's around him is not the same either. Um, so, but he doesn't look like last year's PJ Tucker or even PJ Tucker from years before. So I would argue that it's more PJ Tucker than it is Philly because he still does have, I mean, obviously they haven't really been healthy, but when you consider Maxi Harden and Bede, he's got talent around him. That's going to free him up and give him those open looks that he should be able to knock down. Um, Cleveland, I think, is really good. Um, Brooklyn's 12-7 and seven since they fired Steve Nash. So they <laughs> seem to be getting it back on track uh, now that they have somebody who can coach the team and uh, hopefully have moved on past all the uh, off-the-court stuff. But, yeah, I mean, it's still early. You look at what Boston did last year, and they were basically in the situation that the Heat are in right now. So uh, at this Fair. point last season. Fair. And so, I guess we need one of our players to tweet about the energy shifting around here and and shit will, will start magically happening. Because I remember Boston went on that like 30 and fucking five run or whatever it was. That was pretty crazy. Some, so I, I Something needs to happen. And I don't think it's this is a good team. This team was a one seed last year in the East. It's not a bad basketball it's, team. It's not for, the same team, Kev. The, I, I get that. But when you look at. What Tyler Hero is a starter this year. That's that's a huge difference, right? He was playing starter minutes though last year. But when fair, you look at it, fair. I but, think I think the biggest thing is the Miami Heat need to play offense through Bam Adebayo. the The Heat are three and zero when Bam is taking twenty or more shots. They're six and two when he takes eighteen or more shots. He needs to be the number one option on offense. You let Jimmy Butler close the game. You let Tyler Hero keep it going when he gets hot. That needs to be your. I think that needs to be their um, their game plan. I agree. I mean, we see when Bam Adebayo, you know, gets all that usage and, and puts up shots. It, like, he's literally the player that we want him to be. And it's it's odd that, you know, we don't see it on a night-to-night basis. And even though we cry about it on Twitter and we, we – everybody knows it. Like, everybody knows it. We're just not getting it at a consistent level. Jimmy obviously missed a stretch of games, and that didn't help. But – you know, it's inexcusable when you lose games to Detroit and things like that. And I, I made a comment the other day, like Tyler Hero dropping, what, thir- over 30-something points and having a great night, and we lose to Detroit. Like, I'm – and I'm a huge Tyler Hero fan. Like, I'm a huge Tyler Hero fan. I want him to work out on the heat. I want things to get better. I think that there's a great future for him in the NBA. I just – it has to start clicking here and it has to start showing that like Tyler Hero can be one of our best players while we're playing efficient and great basketball. And that's something we haven't seen on a consistent level. So it'll be interesting to see what Pat, cause you know, Pat's getting to that age and we've been saying this for a few years, so it's even closer now, but Pat's not going to want to put up with shit like this for the next, you know, five years and shit. So or yeah. three, four years, like he's getting sick and tired of not, getting that championship he wants to win and you know we've like you said we played good and we did make it to the championship or conference championship last year but we need to execute at a higher level 
and we're Jim, I mean, they're Jimmy Butler three away from going to the finals. But um, I, yeah, I think I think it it comes down to to one Bam being continuing to be aggressive, uh, letting Jimmy get his whenever he can because he's going to get his, um, and then Tyler just needs to basically get in where he fits in when he can when he has it rolling. Let him let him keep it rolling. But when he's got those off nights, let Bam and and uh, and Jimmy take over. There's no reason for you to shoot four of eighteen. Um, yeah, that's true. You know, I think I think Facts. the the Heat the Heat need to to decide is Tyler Hero more Devin Booker or is he more Jordan Clarkson? Mm. <laughs> and and guess what? Either or is fine. You just have to know what you are you know that's the exactly. important part about it i get what you're saying this is a big stretch coming up for the heat right here because we're sitting at 10th in the east uh i think our record's like four, 15 and 11 now with the win tonight versus um who did we play we played the uh played us no the clippers we, we clippers. beat the clippers tonight where drew smith is starting for kyle lowry like we're, we're gonna have we always have you know some of the most lineup changes and the most starting fives ever but um this stretch here i mean we play the spurs at home, then we go to Indiana, Oklahoma City, Houston, San Antonio, and then return home versus the Bulls. And guess what? Those are all winnable games. Like you should win all those games. Not to say we're going to go six and zero or anything like that, but the Spurs they you got to beat. You know what I'm saying? You you got to beat the Spurs and the Thunder. The Pacers are and the are, are a competitive team. Sorry, yeah, and the Rockets. Like and the Bulls and the Pacers. You know they're competitive, but the Bulls are a bad basketball team this year. The Bulls are doing what the Heat are doing essentially with the worst team with the run it back thing. You know the Bulls lack perimeter shooting and they didn't go attack that in free agency. Um, you can't you can't go 500. You can't you know what I mean? Flirt with going under 500 at this at this pace because. These are teams that you have to beat and assert yourself as one of the better teams in the East. And and frankly, six and zero, oh, it sounds like oh shit, can they do a five six game stretch? Like they have, they they're at a point where they're close to having to, right? He's talking and his mic is muted. Yeah, I was wondering. Sorry about that, guys, but. <laughs> I was wondering, we're at the, yeah, go ahead, E, you're good. I see that. No, you're good, you're good. Um, I wanted to switch over to the to the Western Conference real quick. I had a couple of things. I had to, like, a couple points as far as what's going on in basketball right now. Two specific players. Uh, one of them we know by the name of Luka Doncic. Whew. What do, what does Daz need to do to, like, get this man some help? Like, he is. I remember the stat earlier. I say he has scored two hundred and eight points off of ISOs this year. I think the, the thing is though, and that's a leading that's a leading stat. The next person that's is like fifty six points, and that's like below him, and that's KD. And for them to be like again, if one of those how June referenced earlier, if one of those things where the the season ended today, they'd be in a playing game. Like this, this guy's balling. He has damn near no help around him. I think the thing about it is like who realistically can Dallas go get to help him? Like they got Wood and everybody sort of uh every Sorry if I distracted you there, Kev. Did, you did. Every, everybody everybody knew that would help. Um or thought that would help. But I mean 
the West is also loaded. There's so much parity in the league right now that I think, you know, it's going to come down to what it came down to last year is can you beat him four out of seven times? And he was able to get to the Western Conference Finals. Word. I mean, I don't think it's – go ahead. I'm sorry. I don't want to cut you off. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to say I also think uh, regardless of the help you get, Luke is always going to lead the league in ISO. Listen, he is going to lead the league in ISO. He also leads, you know, he also leads the league in post-up points right now. Interesting. That's impressive. I, that's just the usage, though. You always see him trying to get big in the paint. Like you always see him. Like, I mean, it's a credit to him, though, because it, it's just another facet of his game that he's he's great. I mean, if he has a smaller guard on him or or someone he feels he can put in that post, he's going to take advantage of it. And I think we've seen Luca. Um, just kind of get better at picking his spots, picking his uh, shot selection, and not just settling any as much as he was earlier in his career. Like he's much more uh, comfortable with, okay, let me find the mismatch. Let me find the spot I want to get to, and we'll work through that. Now, this usage rate is not going to sustain, right? Like as, as much as he can do it, and he can drop 35 a game, and he can win – whether it's MVP, he can win, you know, the scoring title, but it's not going to take his team anywhere uh, deep in the playoffs. And last year, I don't think his usage was even this high last year. Uh, this this is kind of like exaggerative. Um, and we thought that, you know, clearly with Christian Wood coming in, we thought that maybe that would help. But you see the Jalen Brunson's gone now. Right. And having a guy like Jalen Brunson really helps with you know, getting that ball facilitated because other, other than Luca, not to say they don't have anybody, but I mean, this Mavs team, it's, it's not, it's not a, it's not the deepest team. So um, I wanted to jump over to another Western conference team where I started with the Pelicans and, you know, Kev brought up a great point where Brandon Ingram shooting a clip, right? Like banana clip at three and um, Zion Williamson, though, right? Like, if he stays healthy all year and we get a full season from Zion Williamson, we're seeing what can be the best player in the league for years to come. And I'm not, I'm not like clickbaiting. I'm not exaggerating. Like, I know that there's Giannis. I know there's Luca. We got Jason Tatum in the league. Like, I understand that. If we can get a consistent 70 to 82 games of this Zion Williamson, who stops him? Who stops him? He's too fast for the big men. They can't stay in front of in front of him on the perimeter, and the guards are way too small and not strong enough for him to whether he wants to bully them in the paint or whether he wants to just pick his spot. He doesn't have a killer crossover. He can dribble. He has great dribble moves. You know what I mean? Like he has great guard ball skills, but he's not going to kill you with a killer crossover. He's not going to hit the step back three. He's not going to. You know what I mean? He's really give me that pick real quick, and I'm gonna one step. I'll jab step my way to this paint. Depending on who's guarding me, I'll figure out what I need to do and use my size and my speed and my strength to get to my spot and rise up or dunk on you. And we've seen this consistently all season from Zion Williamson. And look what's happening. The Pelicans are number one in the East. Granted, it's December 8th. But Zion Williamson's been healthy all season. And I think that this is literally just a, a, a product of that. Yeah, the pace, the pace that they're on right now is incredible. Um, Shout to Alvarado scoring like a career high forty-one points or so the other night. Shout out to the Puerto Rican, 
Puerto Rican. Uh, we got to give him a name. I don't know, but go ahead. <laughs> Puerto Rican and thiefing. I don't know. <laughs> there's, a, there's, there's another player in the that right now that, <laughs> that's kind of <laughs> – that's uh, shooting out of his mind. He's actually on the second worst team in the West. Uh, that boy, Shy. Shy Gilgis, bro. That that's Shy Gilgis. Listen, I read this, another look. I, you know, I'm, I, June knows I'm the stat guy. I like the stats. I, this is stat I, I would, muse I would, over here. I would, I would give you the numbers. All right, all right. There's been two guards ever to average thirty. 30 points, four rebounds, four assists, a block and a steal in a season while shooting 50% from the field. Oh, can can Shy. can we guess? Hold on, hold on, yeah. hold on. Kev, okay, say that stat again, and then me and Kev are gonna take a jab at what it is. 30 two guards, right? Wait, I guess I guess guess the other one, I guess. Right, right. Oh, 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 I thought it was two other ones. Okay. No, 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 no. So it's yeah, it's 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 Shy and who else? All right. So it's two guards that average 30 points, four rebounds, four assists. One steal, one block on fifty percent from the field in a season. All right, um, four four assists, four rebounds, one steal. One. Block. I'm gonna go Allen Iverson. Oh, I'm wrong. Yeah, you're wrong. But Kev, what you saying? Uh, damn. We're gonna get we're gonna get two or three guesses each because I gotta give another crack. Go ahead, Kev. Yeah, because I got, I mean, I got two names in mind. I'm just wondering if he did it. <laughs> I don't know if he did it. It wasn't Dwayne Wade, was it? It wasn't. I like that. Damn. I, I, when, I, when you said guard, I went automatically to point guard. And obviously, Allen Iverson's at one, two. But, okay. Um, now that we're at guard, is it James Harden? No. Nah. Oh shit! Was it Jordan? It was Jordan. Okay, oh. those were my two. I thought it was well, either Wade or Jordan. James Harden is Jordan. There you go. I'm just. <laughs> I'm just... Hey, Jordan did it twice, and he won MVP in both seasons. Wow! And it's hey, so, so unfortunate that Shy is not going to win MVP. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's what was it? Thirty points. <clears throat> Four rebounds, four rebounds, four assists, a steal, and a block while shooting okay. 50% from the field. Okay, so Dwayne Wade averaged his – his uh M- the year they robbed him of MVP. You can say it, averaged, his MVP season. <laughs> yeah, he, he averaged 30 points, seven and a half assists, five rebounds, 2.2 steals, 1.3 blocks, and shot 49.1% from wow. the field. And he did not win the MVP. That is nuts. Nah, wow. we have to change that. We have to change that stat to forty nine percent. We gotta put D Wade in there. Right, right. <laughs> Who are the only three guards? Forty five percent from the field. <laughs> there you go. I had to. That's that's why it was Jordan or Wade for me because I knew the year that Wade scored thirty, I knew he had to be up there in the rest of those numbers. I just wasn't sure about the field goal percentage. I'll say this: I'm glad one of us got it right. Shout to ASAP Rocky about to do a performance on. Uh, Amazon Prime coming up at midnight. So Two Chains is hosting the post game on not the post game, but it's the Thursday night football recap, nightcap, I should say. Um, Amazon Music Live, they're doing like a like a concert series every week. This is pretty dope shit. Pretty dope shit. So, but I wanted to back to basketball. Let's talk about these power rankings. I'm gonna run down the top ten, and it's a little surprising because this is not. I'll say the bottom 
the bottom the bottom five teams. I didn't think this would be the bottom five teams in the top ten. Uh, maybe one or two of them in, in there. But we got Celtics, Bucks, Suns, Pelicans, Grizzlies. That's our top five according to NBA.com power rankings. Celtics, Bucks, Suns, Pels, Grizz. Then you got the Cavaliers, the Nuggets, the Sacramento Kings, Sixers, and the Blazers. And might I say, Anthony Simons is a stud. And we Man. clearly see that with, with Damian Lillard going out and his usage going up and him getting more of the shine and more of the uh, more of the attempts, like give him the ball. Get out the way. This guy, and there's some some sometimes I'm watching the Blazers and I see Dame in Simons. Like I literally see the moves that Dame is using first. And Simon has that punch. You know, he can get to the rack and punch that ball in. He can hit that step back, sidestep three. He got the floater. Like Mm-hmm. I don't he know. Dame's him. doing some work over there. And he got, and he got, he he got the shot. He got the form. This boy is sinking threes like it's yes, sir. You know what I'm saying like like we're at a bad cookout type thing, you know? Yes, sir. <laughs> 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 he said boy, it back. This boy has this boy has played less games than Donovan Mitchell, Trey Young, Buddy Hill, Jason Tatum, Luka Doncic, Kevin Horder, a couple other names, and he's made more threes than all of them this season. He is, he is absolutely just and, – And what I love about him is, like, he's one of those guys that's like, I'm shooting. Like, yeah. coach, I'm yeah. shooting, yeah. coach. Put me <laughs> like, in, you, you put me in the game, right? Like, I, I, I imagine that the reason I'm on the floor right now is because when I get the ball, I'm supposed to shoot it, right? That's, that's the time. But, like – he doesn't upset you because he's efficient and he doesn't just make bone. Like you don't see him making like bonehead mistakes. He's not like, Oh, Anthony Simons, what are you doing? Right? Like, obviously everybody has those moments. He's a young player, but he came into this league at like 19. He's only like 23 years old. So I, I I really, I really respect his game and I'm excited to see him going forward. Um, And then the Cavs, right? Like Donovan Mitchell, it was nice to see Donovan Mitchell, send the Lakers home on LeBron's return to Cleveland. And, uh, and it was just, it was nice to see. So I'm, I'm, I'm cool off basketball. I don't know if you guys have any other thoughts there. Uh, Pelicans going to have to make a move. And I think it's going to be at center. They can trade for uh, miles Turner for Jonas mm. Valanciunas and try to make a swap there. I think that would uh, help them. Um. But- I would put Cavs in front of Grizzlies. That's it. That's all, that's all I got to say about that. Yeah, Cleveland. Cleveland's a good team. That's all I got to say about that. Hey, I ain't going to lie. I ain't going to lie real quick before. Uh, I know Kev mentioned. I don't know if it was Kev or E, but we mentioned the Brooklyn Nets and how they're turning things around. Uh Two things there. Kyrie Irving is a free agent now. Him and Nike parted ways. And we see <laughs> Nike's like, all right, bet. Ja Morant, what's good? <laughs> like that's funny shit <laughs> that's funny shit and and if you're if you're like i can't be mad at that because that's just like strategic as fuck that's the next star that should deserve their signature shoe and all the kids are gonna love it i hope the shoe is nice i'll say that but on the flip side Kyrie Irving is a businessman and he's like rocking around with his Kyrie's on taping up the side saying i'm a free agent is that in a third your ad here during the games and other shoe news. Trey young came to New York city, got routed by the Knicks was sporting some Adidas that had stitched on King of Broadway. So 
I don't think the disrespect was taken lightly. Did you see and what the Knicks tweeted? No. They uh, tweeted a picture of the shoes and said, leave them here or some, <clears throat> something of the sort and tagged him. <laughs> or That's he, leave, leave the shoes, I think they said. That's hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, with the Brooklyn Nets, bro, I think Kevin Durant is having a, a phenomenal year and we're seeing him start to heat up and and really take control, uh, knowing his his scenario. You know what I mean? Like knowing the guy he's got to be and and the role he's got to play. So. Yeah, speaking of Kevin Durant, you saw what he said about Aaron Judge, bro. What'd he say? The reporter asked him, yo, how do you feel about Aaron Judge signing to the Yankees? Like, you know, re-signing, you know, you know being retained by the Yankees. He said... I don't care about Aaron Judge. I'm a Nationals fan. Uh, and like chuckled and then walked off. And I guess later saw like the replay and was like, "Yo, that sounded kind of rude. My fault." Welcome back to the city, Aaron. <laughs> yeah, he he probably had to check himself. Like, I'm not gonna lie. Wait, I do play for the Nets. That was just that PG County in him right there. That was just like, "Yo, fuck that." I'm 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 the, I'm PG bro, County. Bro. The Nets Bad. play on the Yes Network, which is the funny <laughs> <Facts>. part. <laughs> But now nah, it is diving into baseball, man. Fucking judge resigning yeah. after everyone thought that he wasn't signing. <laughs> I mean, judge just played the leverage game. Go ahead, Kev. Yeah, I was I was worried. I was I was not worried at first because I was like, it's the Yankees. There's no way. And then the more time went on, it was just like, I don't know. I don't know. More this doesn't feel like there. the Yankees anymore. So yeah, I mean, uh, but I'm, Brian I'm glad Ke- he's back. Brian Cashman, it's just been very questionable in the Yankees front office as of recently. And, like, it's sad that, you know, you got to do all this. When you know, like, the Yankees knew all along we need to retain Aaron Judge, right? That was priority number one. Like, you lose Aaron Judge, you're going to lose. You're not going to lose the fan base. You're not going to lose, like, parts of the fan base. But you're going to lose a lot of respect in the fan base if the respect hasn't already been lost by like some of the retention of Aaron Boone. I know that some fans wanted uh, Boone gone um, and he's still here. And I know there's two sides to that, but there's just like, you guys are making things harder than it has to be. You guys have the money, right? You got, it's, it's not a question of, can we afford him? Should we do it? Listen, Aaron judge just had one of the best seasons we've ever seen. And best in the game is a stretch because you know, the Mike Trout's, but right now, Aaron Judge is doing it better than everybody. So for the Yankees to get low-key fleeced here, it's just funny to me because, one, as a Red Sox fan, you love to see it, right? I heard a stat, not a stat, but I heard this where Bryce Harper and Aaron Judge are months apart in age, and Bryce Harper has about two more years left on his contract, and he has about 220-something million left on the deal. And Aaron Judge is just signed for nine three thirty. Like, well deserved though. Well deserved. Well deserved. So, but the Yankees definitely could have saved some bread there, and uh, and and just signed them earlier. I don't know what they were trying to plot. Or I don't know what the plan was that they were trying to figure out. But hey, you, you know, you got to spend that check anyways. So they figured let's let's resign. You know, the best player. Uh, it's hard to say best player in baseball, but if we're doing the recency bias, best player in baseball right now. So I want to play this clip because you guys also saw Xander Bogarts was signed to the San Diego Padres. And it's just like, these Padres are spending that bread. And 
<clears throat> so real quick, I had a conversation with uh with a friend named Rainer. Uh some of you guys know him if you're listening, but he's a Red Sox fan as well and he was kind of salty because, you know, just like I was about this whole uh letting him leave. We didn't re-sign Mookie Betts. We didn't re-sign uh Andrew or we traded Andrew Benintendi to the Royals. Like shit like that has just been going on and you know, we were having a conversation and he was like, you know, how do you how do you want to keep the fan base when you can't keep guys? He said, I hated when we traded uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. We got rid of uh, we got rid of Hunter Renfro. Uh, you don't give X the deal that you should have gave him X man. Uh, you should have made him the highest paid at his position. I don't know what the F we're doing. We need to make an effing move. Could have got Josh Bell. Instead, he goes to Cleveland. I was like, nah, exactly. Pointless. Like we're acting like we're a shit poor franchise when we could have kept one of the best shortstops and third best tandems in the league this year. He said, are they going to have X play shortstop while Tatis is suspended? Then what does X do when Tatis comes back? They can't bench him, but they just gave him the bag last offseason. I said, this was my thoughts earlier. I said, Tatis definitely going to second base. He was like, LOL, probably. I just don't understand. It's like the Padres are like the Yankees. This throw this ridiculous amount of money at players and hope we win a championship, which doesn't work. I said to their defense, they had a really good run with their best player out. So this year is going to be telling. He's like, yeah, I know. I'm just being petty because we lost X. You're right. You're right. So it was just a funny conversation we were having. But um, to my point, yeah, like what the fuck are the Red Sox doing where we, we were just letting guys go? Like we're, t- we're talking about greatness. Like, like I mentioned, Mookie Betts generational player Andrew Benintendi was one of the best defensive players in the league and now he ends up with the Yankees uh a guy like Xander Bogarts one of the best top three in his, in my position in my opinion at his position and we let him walk so here's what Dave Portnoy Barstool Sports had to say about that Bogarts Xander Bogarts 11 years San Diego what is John Henry doing it started with John Lester Mookie Betts Benintendi now Bogarts, I'm sure Devers will be gone. We don't offer these guys. Man, what are we, the fucking uh, Pirates? What are we, a small market team? What are we, the Twins? We're the fucking Boston Red Sox. I don't care how many World Series you have. This core should have been together for another 10 years. We can't keep dick. If you're a Red Sox fan, why do you even go to the game? Why do you even go to the game? Yo, and, and I can't say I feel him more. Like, I can't. I can't express how much I understand that. What are we, the twins? Yo, he got me. He got me. <laughs> Benintini. Benintini. He got me, bro. I think so, yeah, man. You guys gave uh, Jansen 16 M's a year, too, man. Like, Yeah, and that's a desperation pass, move, in my opinion. Yeah, but it's like, what do you – I'm not saying you guys had the best bullpen last year because you didn't, but – you guys had some solid some solid work in that bullpen, bro, that you guys can build on. Like you, you don't need Jansen to come in and pitch an inning and a half a week. Like, come on, man. Yeah, I mean the Chris the Chris Martin signing was good. You know what I mean? And I like that. And he can possibly move into that role. But uh, we were just talking about this before we started recording, bro. Kenley Jansen, like we've seen this E and we've watched Dodger games before. And <laughs> before I knew you, Dodd, he was giving it up. So like I don't know. You know, the name is there and, and you know, he has a respect of a respectable fastball. But at the same time, do I want to see him closing a game versus Aaron Judge? $330 million contract, Aaron Judge? Like, that's pretty fucking scary to me. So Listen, at I, least at least you didn't pay 
a closer because he has a trumpet song. That that's funny. Like that's funny. That's funny. That's funny shit right there. Because that's a crazy deal. What was it? Five years and one hundred two million. Oh, shit. That's crazy. They're like, yo, listen, is- Mets fans, for the next five years, I know we couldn't keep a uh, Verl, I know we couldn't keep a uh, uh, Degrom, but we got the trumpet back. Yeah. The they're gonna be sick. they're gonna be so tired of that fucking trumpet when it's yo. Yo, five five three two next year. That trumpet's gonna turn into like, oh, here goes a blown save. <laughs> exactly. Everybody's gonna be like, oh fuck. Family Guy is gonna get the rights to that trumpet song and make a fucking parody. Out of it. This is not. This is not Mariano Rivera and Enter Sandman. It is not. It is not. So, I don't know. That's an, that's another uh, questionable deal there. But other deals around the league, you know, talking about the Mets, they were able to get Jose Quintana for two years, twenty six million from St. Louis, which uh, is a good deal, and yeah. Justin Verlander to get him along with uh, Max Scherzer. Back in, you know, back in the same rotation, you know, clearly they have one of the better, if not the best pitching rotations going into the year. So that's going to be something to look at. But it's the Mets. And and it's it's as as much as we can say that shit talk or this, that and the third. Listen, bro, the Mets have to prove the world wrong for anybody to to really want to respect them and, and, and believe that. OK, yeah. Threat. Threat. Like the Phillies. For God's sakes, were the Phillies and the Braves? They got to focus on winning the division. They literally shit out the division in the last week of the season and let the Phillies, you know, or the Braves, you know, get that one game up or whatever the case was in the tiebreaker. So, like, they've got their own fish to fry. But you know, credit to them for actually addressing uh, and and making that pitching staff pitching staff strong. And and I like it because Verlander plays, and we know that Degrom was always hurt, right? At least they'll be better than the Marlins. That's funny. I think they'll always be better than the Marlins. (laughs) There's going to be that one year in 17 years that the Marlins are better than the Mets, and then it goes back to normal. But the Marlins, no, go ahead. Super uh, Super Bowl. Wow, the Marlins won the World Series that year. That one year. That's funny. Probably. Yeah, the Marlins are in baseball purgatory. I don't know what they did, but. They uh they 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 don't know what they quietly, did. Nah, they quietly <laughs> escorted Derek Jeter out the door. Damn, I had a joke. I had a joke, and it wouldn't fly in 2022. So I'm not gonna say it. But maybe it was because one of their hires. I don't know. I, I'll leave I, already, <laughs> I already know where you're headed. Listen, no more Don Mattingly though. They got a Skip Shoemaker over there. So hey, maybe he can make something fly. He was, you know, he has the veteran presence as far as a uh, player being a being a a good vet player in the league and, and a championship caliber player. It's, it's obviously a whole different world when you're trying to manage a baseball team who doesn't necessarily have the most direction or sense of it. Um, but Hey, if you got Sandy Alcantara, that's a start, right? Like give me the fucking Cy Young winner. I'll, I'll take it. Nice. <laughs> and jazz. Hey, Chisholm. I, think, I think Tom Brady should retire and buy a piece of the Marlins. <laughs> <laughs> they need something. Because Jeter fun. couldn't even, Jeter had enough of them. Jeter tried to sign Castellanos, Jeter, and they were like, "Whoa, Jeter, you want to spend money?" Jeter was putting was putting it together, and they're like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, where's my money, bro?" <laughs> listen, yeah, it's tied it's tied up in that stadium that nobody goes to. I think Jeter's like, "Listen, 
I want to enjoy my life again. All right. I was fucking Derek Jeter. <laughs> I'm not Derek <laughs> Jeter anymore. Like, what's going on? Am I do I, I look moved, old now? <laughs> I moved to Miami. I gained 50 pounds. What the right, fuck? Right. This, this this what the fuck's going on? So you're supposed to gain 50 pounds and then move to Miami. He moved to Miami and then gained 50 pounds. <laughs> like, oh shit. Hey, uh the Yankees also did re-sign Anthony Rizzo. I know this was a while back, but they did lock him up for the two-year $40 million deal. So, you know, they, they got some continuity over there and and the Yankees should <laughs> the Yankees are always gonna make a push. They're always gonna be in the in the run, but they ain't gonna finish the fucking job. That's one thing. Um Cody yeah, Bellinger. No. Go ahead. Sorry, I, go ahead. No, yeah, Bellinger. Yeah, Bellinger, yeah, better than the fucking Yankees news. Bellinger to the Cubs. <laughs> <laughs> Bellinger to the Cubs and, and the Dodgers let him let him walk. This was interesting here. Um, you know, he was gonna want supreme bread in la and la's got their their contracts you know they got to figure shit out but they also let trey turner walk which was pretty interesting so i I mean it's gonna be and and they re-signed clayton kershaw (laughs) right like but i think that was in part of walker bueller getting tommy john surgery and probably missing the beginning portion of the season like i don't know exactly what led to them letting Trey and Cody Bellinger walk and then not going after Carlos Correa because supposedly their fan base, there was a report that their fan base was mad at him because he cheated in 2017 respectfully, but he's definitely one of the best shortstops in the game. If you ask me without a doubt, still fuck him, but without a doubt straight up. Yeah. And then, uh, Jacob deGrom got a $185 million retirement bonus. Texas, and you know it's all cheaper in Texas too. Oh man, that well, that one eighty five in Texas is like a cool two twenty five. <laughs> That's a smooth two twenty five. He definitely got that retirement check. That's a pension right there. He said Texas is offering you. He said I'll take it. <laughs> I heard they got money to spend. I'm gonna pay the same amount for this eight bedroom, seven bathroom, three car garage, nah. three acre plot. That I was going to pay for the penthouse in Manhattan. So, you know what? That's funny. That's funny. By the way, Trey Turner's deal with the Phillies was uh, 11 years, 300 million. That's enough baseball talk. I'm sure the listeners' ears are burning at this point. I'm sorry if we bored you. This is actually a fun conversation between us. I know we love baseball here. Um, (laughs) But I wanted to switch the topic. Let's talk about primetime. Deion Sanders, you know, this is last week's news, but we didn't get a chance to talk about it, and it's and it's prime news. So, Kev, I know you have a feeling and a rant that you want to get off your chest with primetime and all the criticism that he's taken after accepting a job at Colorado for more money and actually being able to coach a Power 5 school and see if he can bring them to, you know, ultimate, ultimate, uh, ultimate winnings. He did a great job at Jackson State. He brought them from whatever the fuck they were to undefeated, and he brought a lot of recruits there. He put his own money into the school. He's upgraded facilities and created jobs for people, so commend him for that. He's getting a lot of backlash, Kev. He's getting a lot of backlash for leaving uh, and selling a dream, quote-unquote, like every other fucking college coach does because that's what you have to do. Um, Even Bomani Jones was on his case about it. What you got to say? Undeserved. Uh the criticism. So thank you for mentioning everything that he did in the first place for Jackson state, but not only Jackson state, because he also got the SWAC and ESPN TV rights deal 
to bring more eyes to that conference. So not only did he do for Jackson State, but he's done more for HBCUs than anybody has done in the history of college sports. Now, um, going to Colorado, getting the chance to um, elevate to another level, which is something where we talk about uh, minority coaches not getting enough of a chance. So now we have a minority coach who has a chance to go to a D1 school, a Pac-12 school, try to elevate that team and show that he could do it on the next level. And hopefully, I'm sure his goal is not just to end up in Colorado. I'm sure he's looking to get to FSU or something of that nature in the future. Um, Now, beyond that, people keep talking about selling a dream. And to your point, yes, all college coaches do it. But I don't think he sold a dream. I think he began to build a dream. And I think the dream can continue to grow. Where are the Deion Sanders who not who aren't Deion Sanders necessarily, but where are the former NFL players who want to get into coaching, who can who have a name and can go to a SWAC team and go continue to build that legacy that Deion started? That's where I think people need to step up. Stop complaining about it. And let's look at who can we hire that's going to make a splash like Deion made. So I, I think that's the biggest thing is that Dion had, um, you know, done so much, let him go on to something better and let somebody else, let more people come in and let them continue to build on that. What Dion started, Dion laid a foundation. Now it's time for people to continue to build on that foundation. Yeah. I mean, it's a great point you make. And the only contest I'll have is, is I love the point. I'll say, I love the point you make as far as creating a hope for, Players like Dion. I mean, there's nobody like Dion, but we get the gist of players being able to, you know, continue on the journey he's started on, um, and and go down that path. Right? There has to be the trailblazer uh, somewhere, and and this is a great person to lead that group. However, um, he, I mean, he did sell a dream, right? I mean, he did tell these kids when when you go into a, a parent's living room, you know, in in small town Mississippi or small town wherever the fuck in the, in the southeast. And you're, you're recruiting these players and you're telling them, listen, I want you to be a four-year starter or a three-year starter for my team. You're going to get to the NFL draft or you know, whatever the fuck he told them in the room. He's 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 leading them on. But this is what college coaches, this is part of their job at the end of the day, right? Like, it's not like, oh, he sold me a dream and led me on. Like, he should be looked at as wrong for that. It's like, what college coach doesn't go into the parents' living room and sell that dream? Because guess what? A college coach doesn't know what his history is after this year. It's pending. You guys that I'm recruiting do good. So if we do good, then my opportunity gets better. And if my opportunity gets better, I'd be a clown to not take it. Yeah, I'm I'm with all of that. Um, I think that my I feel the same way and my feelings kind of intensified when uh, I read that his son was also leaving to go to Colorado too to play there. I was like, oh, then it's it's just an all around better decision for him. Like you can't blame a man for wanting, you know, better for a better situation, whatever the situation may be. You can't blame a man for wanting to, you know what I mean? Do, do, do a little better. I agree. Yeah, and I, I mean, I would say on the point of uh, selling a dream, right? 
So then what are we are we holding the schools accountable when they fire coaches who sold the dream? Because these coaches are selling these kids a dream and then they're coming to these schools and the coaches are getting fired. So are we, why are we not holding the schools accountable then? So it's all just it, like you said, it's part of the game. It's what coaches do. It's it's what you have to do. You're not going to tell a kid that, you know, oh, well, if you come play for me this year, I might leave next year. Right. And, you know, you make a great point, but it, it it's it's not about like. He sold the dream. He should be looked at crazy. What I'm saying is like, I'm agreeing with you, but I'm also saying like, you can't say he's not doing that. That's part of football. Like that's part of college football and the culture. Like you sell the dream and then you try to execute as best as possible. And when you don't, I mean, some coaches deserve to get fired, right? Like, thankfully he did good. He did and brought, you know, great players to the school and talent and, and, uh, Travis Hunter, the number one recruit in the nation, and brought them to twelve and zero in the SWAC. Like, what? This is how college football works. Like, you do good as a coach at one school, and other schools are going to want you. It's a revolving door. You can choose to stay. You shouldn't be looked at as wrong if you don't. To ease point, he has a kid that he's coaching. He has a kid that is is playing the quarterback position for. And and getting the opportunity to start for a power five conference. What what man would not want this situation? Like right as much there, as uh, absolutely. You know what I mean? So and and you're bringing Travis Hunter. Colorado is a is a is one of the worst power five schools. Like they haven't been shit. They haven't been shit in in however much years. So just because I understand, you know, it's an HBCU and this is the thing, like this is this is where it gets tricky. Like when race gets in the picture, it's like everything becomes so sensitive. Everything is like, oh, you have to move on such a fine line. Like, first of all, bro, it's an HBCU. I get it. But it's a fucking football team. It's a football team. Right. It's a football team because when he goes to Colorado, he's changing the careers and the trajectory of the careers for all those kids. Right. And all the recruits that want to go there or that are already there. So why can't we look at it as a positive thing for Colorado and not just a negative thing for Jackson State? Is it because Jackson State's an HBCU and they're a lesser school in the SWAC team? That's not fair because they've always been a SWAC team and they've always been a lesser team. But guess what? They're not a lesser team. They're not as much of a lesser team as they once were when Dion got there. So he put them in a better position for the next guy to come in, step up and do the role. And now he's going to try to do the same thing with a power five team and see if he can take them to conference championship worth or worthiness. Go ahead. Ooh, that's the, that's the ugly truth right there. No one wants to, no one wants to talk about. Okay. What's up? Yeah, I was, I was just, you know, my main point in the whole thing is I think other people who want to maybe get into coaching should look at what Dion did and start there. Bring like um, I know Ed Reed has been somebody who's wanted to get into coaching. Ed Reed at Florida A and M as a head coach would be incredible. The recruiting that he would he would get in Florida, being a Miami guy, um, you know everybody knows Ed Reed in the NFL. You know you you look at guys like that who want to get into coaching, and maybe they can go that route instead of going the coordinator route or the uh, the cornerback coach or the DB coach or the quarterback coach or running back coach, whatever the case might be, you know, if you if you can put somebody in that position, what Dion did, um, you know, I think that's that's what needs to happen rather than people looking at Dion and be like, oh, well, he abandoned, you know, what he what he said he was going to do. 
And that's a great point. Like Dion didn't want to be an assistant coach. Dion didn't want to, all right, let me work my rank up. Let me, you know, work for this guy, work under this staff and then be a head coach. Like he's like, yo, I'm going to be a head coach, prove myself and then go be a better, uh, a head coach in another place. Now this is like a double-edged sword type of thing because your first point, um, not point, but like one of your first points was this could really help guys like Dion going into the Ed Reed conversation you just started where now he can take that same blueprint, apply it to himself, and it can work out for him. But on the flip side of that, do you guys think that this is going to like hurt those chances now? Like A guy like Ed Reed wants to go and coach uh, a HBCU team like FAMU, and do you think that like players are like – Nah, bro, you you gonna do us like Dion did? You just you just want the better job. Like I'm not gonna play for you for a year. Or do you think kids are like, fuck that? This is Ed Reed. I got the opportunity to be recruited by Ed Reed and play for a team under Ed Reed. Like we should all come together, and no matter how long this lasts or doesn't, we can we can you know work with it for a year to year basis. Like how does that work um, on, on both sides? I think at the end of the day, people knew Dion eventually is not gonna be at Jackson State forever. You know, I don't, I don't think people thought, like, Dion's going to be here 10, 20 years. Do you think you they thought he was going to be there one year? I mean, two years? For, Sorry. Oh, he was there for three years? He was there for three years. Three years? All right. I thought it was two. So, yeah, I mean, fuck that. You're right. You're right. You're right. Totally right. And and that's that just more so gets to our point. Like, why are people tripping? Like, Dion didn't go, you know, half a season to a season and was like, all right, I'm gone. Like, he literally was there for some of these players' whole college career. Jackson State had the second most uniform combinations in all That's of crazy. college football this year. Obviously, second to Oregon. Oregon. <laughs> That's crazy. Shot they, the prime they had, he, Yeah, he. I mean, he did a lot for them. He did a lot for the students there, even if it was out of his own one, pocket two too. Years they spent. Yeah, built the facility. Did a lot for the school. So there's a lot that he's done for the school, for the students, for the conference that. I think people, you know, are looking past to kind of bash him. And, I, you know, to me, it just it rubs me the wrong way. Somebody who's done something, you know, out of his own pocket. Yeah. So that was the rant that I had to get off. I love it. I love it. So let's 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 simmer down on on the uh, on the uh, on the rant tip. And we're going to get into the college football playoff. It's set up the New Year's Day Bowls. We'll, we'll we'll talk about this for a little bit. We still got NFL talk, so I want to get into all of this before we get out of here. But Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, TCU. That's that's the games, right? We need a Michigan Ohio State championship. It's not going to happen, but we need it. I'm not going to lie, Kev. It it most certainly can happen. It most certainly can happen. And as good as Georgia and as dominant as Georgia is, and hey, they might blow Ohio State out the water. But Ohio State had one bad game, and that was to Michigan. I believe Michigan goes on and beats TCU in their game. We'll talk about that one. But we can most certainly have OSU, UM, the fake UM, um, in, a, in a championship. Yeah, U of M. <laughs> U of M. Sorry. <laughs> but... You know, back to back to the point of it being a close game, Georgia. It's going to be tough. Like it's it's going to be in Atlanta, right? Peach Bowl. Yeah, 
(laughs) Georgia in Atlanta, it's kind of unfair. Like Ohio State's crowd travels amazing, but ain't nothing like Georgia playing in, you know, the Mercedes Dome. So this is going to be an interesting one. The defensive, the defensive, the defense versus Ohio State's offense is going to be very telling. And pressure is going to be what separates like CJ Stroud has a lot here because this game is going to be like a very close, uh, closely judged game to like NFL talent. Right. He's going to it's clearly no match to what he's going to see in the NFL, but. This is the closest he's been to playing like almost all through NFL talent and an NFL type defense. We're going to have to see if he's that top five quarterback, top three, not top five quarterback, top five pick, but um, in the draft. Do you think that he's going to come out and show that or is he going to show this Georgia defense is way too dominant? They're 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 too much pressure and he's he's going to look uncomfortable all night. I mean, I think he's got a chance now. I don't know if you saw the quote after the Michigan game from him, uh, but he said, people are going to say I never won the game, and I understand. People are going to say I never won a Big Ten championship, and I understand. That's what he uh, referring to what fans will say about his legacy at Ohio State. Mm-hmm. But now he's got a chance to win the game, like the game. He never yep. beat Michigan. That's what he was referring to, beating, never beating Michigan. Yep. Now you got a chance to go beat Georgia and then win – that the game of your career so um and the fans won't care that you never beat um won a big 10 championship if you win a national championship so um i think we're gonna see what cj stroud is made of does he come out and because i think even if he competes against georgia uh his stock has to go up right like a justin fields versus clemson type of thing um where I think Ohio State won that game anyways, but just the, the magnitude of the game. And, you know, Ohio State has this thing, like the quarterbacks, Justin Fields is the first Ohio State quarterback to be, like, successful in the league. And <laughs> since who? You know what I mean? So since Joe Burrow. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> don't do he is that. from the state of Ohio. That's funny. He, he fucking transferred from Ohio State. But – which is so crazy. That's just like another caveat that's just so crazy that Ohio State let him go. But CJ Stroud, you know, among um, uh, among the topic of not winning the big game or not winning a Big 10 championship, playing against this defense and having a field day is going to set the record straight. A field day is a stretch. I don't think any quarterback is going to have a field day versus this Georgia Bulldogs defense, but Putting up twenty four plus points on this defense, I think is is a super respectable number. If you can throw for two to three touchdowns, not turn the ball over, throw uh, you know complete at a high complete your passes at a high percentage, um, you know that's what you need. That's a good start. At winning least. formula, yeah. Um, I don't know if it'll get you be enough to beat Georgia, but I think it'll be enough to at least increase your draft stock. Well, I hope it drops because I want the Colts to draft him. <laughs> Let's go Bulldogs. <laughs> no, I'm playing. I mean, I want to see some, you know, I want to see some promise for sure. And I and I do think CJ Stroud, like, you know, again, the narrative is that these Ohio State quarterbacks aren't NFL guys. But um, 
Yeah, I, I think C.J. Stroud is different. He's one of the most, if not the most accurate quarterback in this class. And, uh, you know, he he has weapons. He has a bunch of weapons. Obviously, Jackson is Jackson Smith isn't going to play, and he hasn't played in weeks. But Marvin Harrison over there um, has been one of the nation's best wide receivers, you know. So it's going to be interesting. Let's talk about that. Uh, let's talk about that TCU versus – Michigan game. I know Max Duggan just won the QB of the year award not too long ago. So shout out to him. Uh, he's also a Heisman candidate along with CJ Stroud and uh, Caleb Williams. I think Caleb Williams probably ultimately wins that, that award, but Max Duggan definitely, uh, he definitely has a, has a strong, a strong push right here. Yeah, I think, um, I think Michigan is just, too good all around obviously uh losing the running their running back uh for the year is gonna yeah. hurt them uh but i think you know we'll probably see that affect them more in the championship in the, game exactly. than it will against tcu exactly. yeah and and tcu credit to them like they played an amazing season and they were dominating teams that that one win that they you know kicked the game winning field goal in the last like 15 seconds was super impressive and then they went and annihilated Iowa State to go undefeated. They lost in the bowl game. I'm sorry. They they not bowl game in the conference they, in the conference championship, but uh they go in they go in wait, didn't they win TCU? No, they lost to Kansas State. You're right. You're right. It was a fucking fourth and goal on the one. Overtime. Yeah. No, <laughs> That's why I was. Yeah, 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 yeah. They lost in overtime on the fourth and goal. They couldn't get it. So, like, you gotta respect them for that one loss. It was a tough loss in the you know conference championship where they put up a, a, a great game. You know, they started off really slow in case they deserved to win that game going into the fourth quarter. But then it all switched, and Max Duggan showed why he's a Heisman candidate and came back and. You know, it just it's just a credit to TCU for even making this playoff right here. They have no shot at winning <laughs> the, the the BCS championship, if you ask me. But, you know, you got it. You got to respect it or the college football playoff. I'm sorry. I'll be honest. When I when I saw uh, I believe it was Friday night, USC lost. And then the next day I saw TCU lost. I was rooting for Georgia and Michigan to lose because I just wanted chaos. Like <laughs> one through f- one through four in the college football playoff, lo- all losing their conference championship game would have been complete chaos, and I would have been here for it. But um, I actually thought when TCU lost, I thought that opened the door for Bama to get in. And then so uh, did I. So did I. When Georgia, when Georgia and Michigan won, I thought, well, can they really just put two SEC and two Big Ten teams in? the college football playoff, that'd be kind of crazy. Listen, respect to the college football playoff committee for not, for not just, you know, I guess turning over. Yeah. Pulling their panties to the side, if you will, and letting Bama slip up in there because it would have been a lot of judgment. And, and, you know, (laughs) I mean, do I want to see great football? Don't get me wrong. Like I would have loved to see Ohio state and Bama be the three and the four, but you got to give it to who deserves it. A two-loss Alabama team this year who played bad in 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 two games, it, they don't deserve it. And Nick Saban even knows that. He'll say otherwise, but he knows it. Uh, that's why he probably sleeps good at night still, uh, plus his salary. Hey, before we get into NFL, um, 
Yo, Kev, you just dug up some emotions that I've been suppressing since Friday. I lost so much money on that USC game, bro. Like, oh man, I don't, I don't even. Want we to talk didn't about talk it. about that. Yeah, I didn't want to nah, ask you about. Never, I didn't want to ask you about that. <laughs> we never talked. Yo, I'm not gonna lie. Gio knows how much I put down, and G texted me the next day and was like, "Yo, you good, bro?" <laughs> That's hilarious, bro. That's oh, hilarious. Shout out to G. I, I I was like, and then we're like talking shit in the chat. Like, obviously, like, fuck your bets at, at the end of the day. Like, listen, y'all niggas bet at your own risk. Fuck all y'all money. <laughs> Not like, you know, with love, I say that because at the end of the day, I watch sports to see who's going to win the game. And I don't be putting my money up like that. So that's on y'all. That's on y'all. You know what I'm saying? Y'all know the risk y'all taking and y'all adults. So y'all, y'all, look, the, the niggas already lost. So we're going to talk about it. So like. I know that he's going through it because the game's like at this out of reach moment, but they're like ham and you see USC in the chat. And, and I'm like, I got to engage. Like, this is true. Like, <laughs> this is, so I'm like, I low key like, I hope he don't be reading this shit. Like, yo, this motherfucker knows. <laughs> I'm like, but it's not off that. It's just like, this is just what I'm watching. So it was a funny, it was a funny night on, on Friday. It was a funny night in a bad way. I'll say it was. I put I, I put I put my little ten dollars on it. <laughs> so I felt it, but I ain't feeling like that. So you know, credit to you for sticking in there and being able to join us, staying with us on Earth after after such a big bet. We you know there was concern, um, but we know we know you're a strong soul. So shout out to uh, you. you know what I'm we good. We good. <sighs> All right. Can 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 we get to this NFL? You know, week thirteen. Uh, player of the week. I don't know if you guys got player of the weeks for week 13, but I got mine. I got a rookie of the week. Okay, I'll take that. That that We'll, we'll work with that. I'm going Jalen Hurts versus the Tennessee Titans. Quarterback rating of 130, 380 yards, three touchdowns, 74.4 completion percentage. Need I say more? I don't think I have to. This is after coming off of the Colts on the road and putting the team on their back. This obviously has nothing to do with this week, but it's just leading up to this week, we saw him put the team on his back versus the Colts where they couldn't get any offense uh, going, and he finally gets the game-winning touchdown on that last drive, drives the team down the field, then goes to uh, then goes to uh, back home and plays Aaron Rodgers and leads his team with two touchdowns, 150 yards, and had like 180 yards rushing or whatever the case was. Then versus Titans and A.J. Brown playing his former team who he thought he deserved a $100 million check from. They didn't want to give it to him, so Philly traded for him at the draft. Me and E was like, wait, A.J. Brown just went to the Eagles. What the fuck? Everybody's asking, is Jalen Hurts? Is he a franchise guy? Is he going to turn up this year? Listen, ever since he left Alabama, he's gotten better year in, year out, and it's been significant. He's a great player. He takes care of the football, and he is efficient. Shout out to Jalen Hurts. A.J. Brown might be the first player to ever get uh, their previous GM fired after playing them. You love to fucking see it. You love to fucking see it. And I'm going to stand on that because for Tennessee to, that's that's like, I know she's a woman, but that's some big, I wouldn't disrespect, she got some big balls. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's like, yo, y'all, y'all seen this, right? 
Y'all, y'all watched that game, right? That, that's what that was. And nobody could tell me otherwise, bro. AJ Brown literally annihilated and feasted, feasted on Tennessee. Punked them. And and probably pointed to the press box and looked at the owner and was like, fire your mans, fire your mans. <laughs> like AJ <laughs> Brown might have called her and was like, yo. I tried to, I tried, I told you, you know, that love me. I told you. So shout out to AJ Brown for getting it done all season, being a top five receiver this year. And Jalen Hurts, like I said, he's all things sports podcast player of the week. Um, In my opinion, E, you got a player of the week um, or we, we rocking with Jalen Hurts. We're going to give him player of the week. Nah, That's yeah, round of applause for Jalen Hurts, okay, please. Let's go. I think I even said on the last part last week, I said that, uh, that the Eagles would win, but Tennessee would cover the four points. Yeah, nah. Yeah, nah, ain't happened, buddy. <laughs> Fraud.com. Hey, Kev, what's cooking in the Rookie of the Week department over there? Talk to us. Rookie of the Week, none other than G-Dub, Garrett Wilson. Eight catches, 162 Ooh. yards, and would have went for 200 if Mike White was just a little Bro. bit more air under that ball. Bro, you guys really had that one in the bag. You guys had that game in the bag. And, you know, credit to Minnesota. Won a, a game they should have won. Um, but it shouldn't – not to say it shouldn't have been as close because what did I, I – if you weren't here last week, Kev, I told E, I think the Jets upset the Vikings. That's what I told E. I think the Jets upset the Vikings. It didn't happen. I appreciate, I appreciate it was, that. And I said you would. It didn't happen, but I know – that you guys are a competitive team. You guys are a no-laydown team. The defense is strong. And Mike White can throw for 300 yards here and there. I knew that, you know, coming in Minnesota's defense is, is a step up from Chicago's. But at the same time, you have guys like Garrett Wilson. And him alone, like, that's enough to get an offense going. You just pointed his numbers out. And Obviously, Brees Hall, that was the devastating loss. Like, you guys have Brees Hall that game. You probably win, but that's here nor there, so we can't say it. But I knew that you guys weren't going to lay down, and you guys gave up late touchdowns and responded late. Like, that game went down to the wire. It was just that last touchdown that you finally let Jay Jettas get, man. You finally let Justin Jefferson get that touchdown, and it was ultimately too much. So, you know, credit to the Jets for for sticking around and, and just playing really good football this year. Like, they played great football all season. And um, and you can't overlook that. But, uh, yeah, G-Dub's definitely the reason you guys were, were in that game for as much of the time you were. So, rookie yeah, of the week, started, Garrett Wilson. Started the game down 20-3. to three. Mike White could have folded. Mike White could have sent it in. He didn't. He kept his composure, brought the team back, had him in position to win it late twice. And uh, just couldn't punch it in. I think uh, play calling down on the goal line needs to be investigated. Coach LaFleur, hmm. I think, needs to uh, have a look hmm. taken into his play calling down at the goal line because it got way too complicated when we could have kept it really a lot more simple. Not going to lie. Braxton Barrios got to bring that ball in. Got to catch that. Yeah, definitely gotta Braxton. We're talking, about, that. we're talking about a different scenario. And I don't know if LaFleur is under your, under, your, under your watch radar if Barrios brings that in there. So, I mean, all the red zone possessions ending in field goals is not okay. You want to punch those in, and I think we just got way too, way too trick plays down in the red zone when it's. Uh, I mean, sound like the Colts Wilson and let him work. Sound like the Colts there. So, hey man, you win some, you lose some, and and if you're gonna lose, I mean, let it be to a ten and two Vikings team, right? (laughs) Yeah, but on uh, the road. 
let's talk about Von Miller. The news came out a couple of days ago that he is going to miss the rest of the season where at first we thought, you know, when it happened on Thanksgiving, we were like, fuck, he's probably got an ACL. Then it became like, okay, it, it's, it's treatable. He can probably come back for the playoffs. And, you know, yesterday he, he had his surgery or yesterday or today he had a surgery for the ACL. But um, they're saying that they might work him into the coaching staff and, and have him worked into a coaching role. So you can't lose on that tip. But at the same time, nobody matches what Von Miller's doing over there. Greg Russo is, is you know, their second best pass rusher, and he's not even half of what Von Miller is, and that's just, you know, experience. But it's going to be telling going deep into the playoffs with uh without your <laughs> number one guy and frankly the guy you brought into this defense to get you over that AFC championship hump and get you to the Super Bowl and ultimately try to win it. So it's a, it's unfortunate news for Buffalo, but I mean, you guys got Josh Allen as your starting quarterback. Don't be too sad. You'll be all right. Talking about starting quarterbacks, Desmond Ritter is going to be the new starter as Marcus Mariota is getting benched. They got a bye week coming up. And then they, uh, I forget who they play in two weeks, but uh, Desmond Ritter is going to get that start. I think he's a fourth round pick. So, you know, credit to him. He's he, We saw him in the preseason and he lit it up a little bit and we were, we were a little intrigued by it. I'm not sure that he's going to be their guy for the future, but for right now he is. And you, you got to respect the Falcons for, for, you know, just trying to make something shake because at the end of the day, they're technically still in it. They're technically still in it. Um, and that NFC South, uh, that division sucks. It is. I mean, Brady's still Brady. We saw, right? We saw that. We saw Brady still Brady. But um, did you guys? It took. It took go ahead. It took. No, I was going to say it took longer uh, than expected for Mario to even get benched. I mean, yes and no because questionable play for for sure. But I mean, where they're standing right now, you're not going to just throw a rookie in and say you know, try to lead us to the playoffs when there's still a legit shot. I mean, it got to the point where you're like, all right, well, we tried with Mariota and I don't think we can afford to just continue this where we have a guy that, hey, we never know. He could be the guy that takes us to the playoffs in Desmond Ritter, but you got to you gotta try it. You know what I mean? And and we know what we're getting from Mariota. It's, it's clearly not enough. Jimmy so, G also out for the season unfortunate news there that well now they're saying could be back for the playoffs yeah now he could be back for the playoffs so it's interesting because mr mr irrelevant brock purdy got it think about this he got his first win i mean he didn't when did he come in the second quarter first quarter first quarter look at that he came in got his first win against the miami dolphins one of the better teams in the league i had him at three in my power rankings um that obviously changed <laughs> this week but uh it's it's super impressive it, it, he, all he has to do is what Jimmy G does right he doesn't the 49ers quarterback role not to say it's easy not to say it's not hard not to say anything like that but when we're talking in terms of other NFL teams Kyle Shanahan's system just puts you in position to really you know excel if you will so you, you gotta you gotta just do if you know what you're doing and you're competent and you, you understand a playbook and where your guys are supposed to be and you're getting some good protection, I think should line up for you. It was it was uh it was a it was an interesting week thirteen to say the least. Do you guys want to get into uh the power rankings? 
Let's do it. All right. Uh, anybody want to start? Kev, you want to start? Last year, last week you weren't here. Let's let, let's get a fresh. Let's get a fresh five. Let's get a fresh five. We'll do your five, East five, then my five. All right. So I'm I'm basing these on, uh, you know, injuries, everything. I'm I'm, I'm putting a little bit of everything into these. Um, so at five, I have um, the Cincinnati Bengals. All right, uh, number five with Joe Burrow. I think they're catching fire. I think they're starting to get hot. They won four in a row. Um, at four. I have the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, big win. We just talked about against the Jets. Good defense. Um, you know, they, they played well against the Jets and pulled off a win. Also beat Buffalo earlier in the season. So they've got a couple of impressive wins um, on their on their plate. Uh, can you, can you uh, real quick, can you go back to your five? Say your five again. Cincinnati. Cincinnati. All right. Cincinnati and uh, Minnesota. Go ahead. Cincinnati five, Minnesota four. At three, I have Philadelphia. I, something about Philadelphia, they keep winning. Uh, but something about them just, it doesn't like, it's not there for me. I don't see. I'm getting some, champions. I'm feeling some shades of North Northeastern hate. That's what I'm, I'm smelling. That's <laughs> what I'm smelling here. Smells like a New Yorker get, not getting along with a fellow Philly guy. That's all. Uh, no, I just, I mean, you look at the Texans game. You look at the Washington game. They just have these games. The Washington game out. being as the, the first game that they lost all season? That's the game you're talking about? Right. Okay. Yeah. But uh, was the Texans game any prettier? Uh, if they play the way they played against Houston, against anybody else in the league, they lose. Fair point. Fair point. I think everybody's due in the NFL for one or two shitty games. Yeah, true. I don't like Philly. Not this year. I don't think they have it. Um, <laughs> no, that's fair. I respect that. I respect that. I'm just busting your chops. Um, at two, I have Buffalo. Um, again, starting to uh, you know get hot. We'll see what happens this week against the Jets, who I would have put number six <coughs> if we were Buffalo doing a top six. Two. Yeah, and the Chiefs. I mean, the Holy Chiefs are the best team in the league. The, best, the Chiefs shit. are the best team. Buffalo at two. You let us see it. All right. Can I ask? Can I ask you who number six would be? Uh, the Jets. Stop. Stop. No. Uh, no. At six. No. Uh, truthfully, I'd have Dallas at six. Ooh. Okay. 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 All right. What you got for us, Ethan? Peterson. Um. I got to put Dallas at five. I got Dallas at five. I got the Vikings at four. I have the Eagles at three. No, I have the Eagles at two. Oops. Hold on. I had this pulled up just now. Dallas at five. Dolphins at four. Vikings at three. Eagles at two. Chiefs at one. Okay, okay. So I noticed both you guys don't have the Miami Dolphins in your top five, right? And I think he said, I think he has them at, I think he has, you said him, you said him at four. Okay, okay. Sorry, I misheard you. Okay. Which is crazy. I don't think it is, but that's, that's, I I like that. Um, So it's tough. It's tough. I, I, 
<laughs> this week was, excuse me, this week was real funny. I'm not sure if you guys are hearing that or not, but I had a little malfunction on my end there. But anyways, it, it was a it was a telling week. And, and based on last week to this week, like things are going crazy. What I'll say is I'm going to put, I'm going to put the Dolphins at five. They got to be there. They have to be. They have to be there. I mean, you see what they've done all season, right? And for them to have this one hiccup versus the best defense in the league, I understand Brock Purdy came in. But again, going to my point as far as all you got to do is make the throws when you got to make the throws and hand the ball off when you can and get at the Kittle and Debo. Like, the defense is going to take care of a lot. You're not going to have to put up so many points in order to to beat teams when you have this number one defense. So um, I'm not I'm not going to bash the Dolphins for taking that L. Yes, Tua looked a little uncomfortable. It was a little sloppy, but Tua hadn't looked like that all season. So, you know, again, I'll give a, a team a game or two to, to really just shit the bed. And I don't even right. think the Dolphins shit the bed. I just think that they were outplayed, and that's okay. If It's one of the better teams in the league. Um Tua hasn't faced a team like that all season. Nobody had until they played the fucking 49ers. So, and not everybody's and that, played the 49ers. That schedule is about to get tough for them. Yeah. Well, guess what? They beat the Bills. Bills are top three in your power rankings, right? Bills were out five defensive starters that game. Call it what you want. Bills was fucking throwing up on the sideline in Miami. They that's, weren't ready. That's all right. They're they not going ready. to Miami in the playoffs. We don't know that. Yeah, we don't know that. We don't know that. We don't know that. We don't know that. And um, if you guys beat them again, that's only going to help Miami. So, Yeah, but we're going to beat Miami in Miami. So <sighs> that's when the division. Here you go. <laughs> so, yeah, I got I got, uh, I got, a Dolphins at, at – sorry. Dolphins at five. Dolphins at five. Cowboys at four. This is where it gets tricky. Like, as much as I respect the Minnesota at the 10-2 and two record, we saw what the Cowboys were able to do to them. And I think that when the lights are, are bright and, and, and shit hits the fan, they can crack. They're, they're a, real, a real easy team to crack. We saw the Jets, you know. Uh, that was in Minnesota. No, that was in – yeah, that was in Minnesota, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we saw them going to Minnesota, walking their trap, almost take over their trap. Cowboys went in there, walked in their trap, took over their trap. So I can't respect them. At the at the top five level, but I do understand that they're playing, you know, high 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 competitive football. So I'm gonna go Dolphins. I'm gonna go Cowboys. I'm gonna go Bengals at three. And Bengals at three for me is just like at the end of the day, this is a team that you know went to the Super Bowl last year, has Kansas City's number. No matter what you say, E, this team here, Patrick Mahomes can't beat Burrow right now. Can't beat Burrow right now. Right, That's so the one thing Kansas City doesn't want to play. So, what I'll say is, Cincinnati isn't dominant, right? However, Joe Burrow is a top three quarterback in the league, and he just understands winning. He just understands winning, and he has all the weapons he needs to do it. Um, I got Cincinnati at three. I got Philadelphia at two. And this is tricky because one and two is Casey, Casey Philly, and I want to put Philly at one. However, one, Patrick Mahomes is the MVP, if you ask me, this year. Um, so I have to put the MVP at number one. However, 
the run game that Philly has and they've shown is is it's been it's been crazy to not respect at a number one level. But you know, to me, Patrick Mahomes has been there, done that. Their offense is getting it clicking, no matter if they have Tyree Kill or not. They have the best tight end in the game, and they have a bunch of weapons around that. So I'm going to put the Chiefs uh, with a lesser defense and a lesser run game at one due to having that MVP quarterback, um, and then you know Eagles at two. So that's my power rankings. E, it was a pleasure having you on the show today. Uh, I know you got you know some things to take care of. Me and Kev are going to finish out this show here uh, pretty quick. It's gonna be it's gonna be real quick. We're gonna just go through a few matchups here because we're at the one thirty level. I don't want to kill everybody, yeah. so uh, we're at the one thirty level. But uh, we do appreciate you for for you know taking the time out. So have a good night, See bro. See you on Monday. Appreciate sure. you, Kev. Um, give me two games you want to talk about, and I'll tell you the two I want to talk about. Uh, well, we gotta talk about Jets Bills, <laughs> part two. That is a rather big game, just in the landscape of the. AFC East and the AFC playoff picture as a whole. Um, and then uh, and let me see the schedule. What do we got this week? So I think Dolphins Chargers, obviously. Yes, that's a good one. Talk, we can talk about that Buccaneers one. Buccaneers 49ers. I, was just, I just saw that as well. And then uh, Eagles Giants is another so, one. I think Eagles Giants is good, but the Giants kind of shitted out their their chances tying <laughs> tying the Commanders. Washington. Like you can't afford to do that. I think a, a game here that we got to look at is Bengals Browns. Joe Burrow hasn't hasn't been able to beat the Browns. Yep. So the other one I was looking at. Um, if we're gonna start in Buffalo, it should be a cold game. It's not gonna be snowing or nothing like that. But um, you know, obviously you're gonna be pulling for. The Jets here, and do you think, you know, you can't say, do you think they can win the game? They clearly can win the game. Do you think that they do come out and win this game, seeing the Josh Allen that we've seen in the last two, three weeks? So, Jordan Poyer's back. He was in uh, in the first meeting, but obviously we just talked about Von Miller being out. Yeah. Um, last start, or the last time Mike White faced Buffalo was not a pretty uh, outing for him, but it was also a very different team, very different talent around him. So, uh, you know, I'm very interested to see with, uh, you know, tight ends like Conklin and Uzama, wide receivers like Garrett Wilson now, and, you know, to go along with Corey Davis, who we had last year, and Elijah Moore, um, you know, what... In the in the mix now. <laughs> right, right. What? So, you know, uh, I'm interested to see what he could do. Um do I think the Jets win? I do. I, I think the Jets win, and I think it's a statement game for them. I think, you know, sweeping Buffalo is big. And, um, you know, that would put us in the driver's seat uh, to control our own destiny for um, the last game of the season when we go to Miami. Uh, so yeah, I think the Jets can pull this one out with Von Miller being out now. I think you know that's a big blow to that defense. So yeah, I think it is a big blow, and we'll, we'll notice it for sure. In the in the sense that I don't think this game will be as ugly as it was, and not to say you know obviously Von Miller wasn't there the last time these these teams played, but um, you know the Von Miller 
pass rush and and the, the Buffalo defense was still strong and Mike White hadn't had as much experience with lesser weapons, as you said. So uh, I don't think it is going to be as ugly. However, I do think it is going to be a long day. I don't know that you guys are going to be able to be able to establish any sort of run game versus t- defense right now because, you know, they're linebackers and and Ed Oliver at that at that nose tackle position, man, like to be honest, like I, I shit. They've been playing on a tear, you know, up the middle and you guys not having your running back. Like if you had Brees Hall this game, I could be calling it a different way. But, man, I know that one, the the same way you guys beat them the first time and want to sweep them is as bad as they're like, hell no, they're not going to come in here and then get the sweep. Right. And we we also get to see uh, Stefan Diggs versus Sauce Gardner part two, which was a great matchup the first time they played and Sauce Gardner just got. Justin Jefferson last week, like he's got his hands full and I think he's more than up for the challenge and and capable. However, again, going back to like the Josh Allen that we've been seeing in the last few weeks, it's a different guy since Thanksgiving and the, than the Patriots game. Like this, this, this could be a great game, but this could also be like a classic bills jets game of recent where, you know, the bills go in and win by two touchdowns. So um, I'll take Michael Carter. Michael Carter will be back this week, and uh, Zonovan Knight has looked pretty good. And, and that's uh, fair. That's fair. That's fair. And I'm not saying, like, you guys don't have pieces to to make it happen in the run game. I just think Buffalo's playing too strong uh, in the middle and, and, you know, not having your starting premier back in a game like this with having a back. And I, and I know Mike White is better than your starter, <laughs> which is sad, but he is your backup. So, like, Mike White is our starter. <laughs> going forward for for good i don't know i i hope so for the rest of the season i hope so. yeah yeah definitely definitely i'm talking about you know in general that's that's another oh. question but it's possible i, right. I think it's yeah. really possible and i wouldn't be mad but um he deserves that he deserves all the opportunities so yeah man i i think it's going to be a tough game for you guys this you know on the road it, AFC East matchup. It doesn't bode well for y'all. So I'm going to go with the Bills here. Let's move on to the Sunday night game. Dolphins are going to the Chargers crib. And we know that a lot of away fans like to travel to those LA, LA Chargers games. And and um, Justin Herbert versus Tua Tagovailoa. I wish we had an hour to talk about this. We, we got to wrap it up soon. So we can't take too much time. But man, the Justin Herbert versus Tua Tagovailoa saga has, has only gotten more juicy, and, and we're going to really get to see what it is. If the first time they see each other in the league, one was drafted four, one was drafted five. They were talking a lot of great shit about one of them when they got drafted and a lot of hot shit when, about the other when he got drafted. And, you know, evidently this year you give Tua weapons – because Justin Herbert has weapons and has had them. Granted, you know, they get hurt here and there, but he's had weapons since he's come in the league with a great defense, and his defense has only gotten stronger since he's gotten in the league. But Tua Tagovailoa now has weapons, and everybody wants to pull the, oh, well, when you give a guy Tyree Kill and Waddle, like, come on. First of all, people are not giving Jalen Waddle the credit he deserves. Like, don't say Jalen Waddle, like, Oh, if you give Jalen Waddle the ball, he's he should like bro. This is a second year player who's making history week in week out. So I don't understand how we're not looking at it like wait the greatness of Jalen Waddle and what him and Tua Tagovailoa are able to do is is anything less than greatness. 
Yeah, and I mean, we, we see what the chemistry is from them being at Alabama together, too. And I mean, I, I mean, I was one of the people who thought that, you know, obviously Devontae Smith won the Heisman. Um, I think if uh, if Waddle would have stayed healthy, he probably would have had a better season than uh, than Smith. And he probably would have probably would have. That's why he was he was drafted. Uh, he was drafted where he was. And people were saying, should they take Waddle over Chase? And obviously, you know, that was a stretch. But with all respect, we've seen what the prototype of a Jalen Waddle type guy can do in this league. And we've seen what he's done since he's been in the league. So, you know, I'm excited. I think I think uh, I think the Dolphins redeem themselves this weekend and go into L.A. and come out with a win Um, Tua Tagovailoa heard the noise. He knows what he's up against. He probably has that fire in him with with all the talk of, you know, draft night since draft night. I think this is this is one of those games where he really, you know, puts his balls on, on somebody's forehead. Pause. I mean, he ain't doing it to me. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know if you remember our AFC East uh, episode, the preview episode. <laughs> well, it's when okay. I said when I said that uh, the Dolphins would start hot, and then they hit a rough, rough. Sp- patch in the schedule mm-hmm. that starts with the 49ers uh so they've got this week against the chargers i think same thing i think they lose this week against the chargers um they they haven't been home i don't think did they come back to miami and if they did then that might be even worse you're saying since when they were just in san francisco Oh, you're saying did they try? They probably. Mm, I think they did. I don't think they spent a week in California. That's crazy. You got to come home. Yeah, you know, practice. So yeah, I do think they came home, and then it's a lot of travel. You know, it is a lot of travel. We go to San Francisco, to Miami, then to, to L.A. It is a lot of travel, but it's the nature of the game, and they saw this coming into the schedule, coming into the season, and that's what you got to do. You know, if you want to be great, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be able to put it up. So. Um, I, I, as much as, you know, it is tough, it is tough. And I'm not saying like, it's a walk in the park. I'm not trying to say like the chargers, uh, haven't been playing, uh, or have been playing horrible football. They haven't played great football as of late. We know that their coach is kind of on the hot seat right now and, or the warm seat, if you will, but it's, it's a must win game for the chargers and, and not, it's not must win for the Dolphins, but it is, if, if that makes sense. Like, it's one of those games where, like, we need to show what we're made of. We need to show the bounce back from last week. We need to show that we are a premier team in this AFC. Um, and I think winning in L.A. after losing to San Francisco on the road, back-to-back road games, will, will be very telling. So, Yeah, I think, I think it is a must win for the reason that the Jets are playing the Bills also. So you either the Bills win, and if you lose, the Bills gain two games on you, and you go into a matchup in Buffalo with them next week where they can put the division away. Right. Or uh, or the Jets win, and you lose, and now the Jets have the tiebreaker over you, and you're sitting in third in the AFC East now, and you know possibly on the outskirts of making the playoffs. So uh, I think it is a must win because when you look at the schedule, like I said, you got Buffalo next week. Uh, so you lose that game. If you lose these next two, now you're on a three game losing streak coming home to play Aaron Rodgers, which I mean, I know they're not having a great season, but Aaron Rodgers is still Aaron Rodgers. Um, 
And then the week after that, you go to Arizona and play in Arizona. So um, they've got a tough, tough stretch coming up. And then last week of the season, you're at home against the Jets. So there's no uh, no real gimmies for the rest of the season. It's tough. All right, man. So, yeah. But I, I got the Dolphins winning. Who you got? I got the Chargers. Okay. Okay. We'll see Sunday. So, hey, man, thank you guys for listening. It was a fun episode. I'm glad all three of us were able to kind of get back together and chop things up. And going forward, you know, we can keep this up. But uh, you can follow us on Twitter at ATSPod, on Instagram at ATSPodOfficial. And, uh, you know, if you have any comments, questions, concerns, if you want to send an email, allthingsportspodcast at gmail.com.